What have you been uh, doing lately? What have you been working on? Not drinking wine. You're not drinking wine. I've been working on not drinking wine. It's uh, been uh, been an effort. No, I, um, how do you get through a pandemic? How do you get through a quarantine without drinking wine? Uh, it's such a good question. It's such a personal one. Uh, I manage. Uh, I manage pretty well. Uh, I I have found um, that the same itch can be scratched with tea, which I guess is like what teetotalers do. But um, which is not to say that I am not craving a nice glass of passable peanut bar. Hi, my name's Brian Crawford with pghmuseums.org, and over the next several weeks, I'll be talking with artists, museum directors, and even the general manager of a professional sports team. Due to the COVID-19 coronavirus, we'll be practicing social distancing and speaking over video and talking about how the virus is affecting the people who make our culture community work. We'll be discussing how it's affecting their lives, how they're staying creative, overcoming challenges, and how they plan to bounce back when we can all leave our homes again. Please join me for COVID Conversations. Like just all the all the things are like just the ritual. That's definitely the key word there. The ritual of like flavor flavor describing flavor profiles and and trying sampling different things and trying different like you know varieties and uh, stuff like that. Um, the ritual is important, whatever it is, whether it's uh, beer or wine or coffee or tea or cigars. Uh, I think it's a super important way to stay grounded is to have some kind of consumable that you can turn to that brings you some comfort. So your tea is like my banana milkshake. That's what you're saying. Now, Brian, I've had that banana milkshake and it is far superior to any tea I've ever tasted. So I don't know that I would feel good comparing the two, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. The same, the same idea of like preparation and all that. Um, and I think that that says something about creative minds. I think a lot of people have those kinds of rituals, even, uh, you know, and it's probably, it's not exclusive to, to creative minds. It's a very human thing uh, to need to do. And like, uh, definitely just have those things. I mean, and, and for some people there is a ritual behind consuming art, just like consuming tea. We're with Ian Insect. He is a comedian an actor. You, you do a bunch of different things. And right now you're an internet organizer. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Add that to your list of attributes. So, Besides drinking tea <laughs> during during this entire stay-at-home situation where we're social distancing, you have taken to the internet and you've started organizing these performances, these showcases that showcase different talent throughout the city on Instagram, and that's kind of been the I guess like is that is that would you say that's your way of coping with the whole situation or just your way of trying to rally the scene and build other people up in a time when everybody is very anxious and 
stuck at home and, and worried about their future? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes, I would say that. <laughs> this is the short answer. Uh, long answer, if you got a few hours, is um, it's really exciting. Uh, we just sort of gravitated to Instagram. Me and my friend Dana Leahy, uh, who I've worked with on a bunch of theater projects, uh, a bunch of comedy projects, film, um, and stuff. We've uh, been working together for years, and uh, one of our first check-in calls with each other, uh, we were just discussing... Uh, that's, you know, something that we were both really eager to do. Um, and, you know, it's, it's definitely about giving other people an outlet and enabling other people to broadcast. But also, I definitely fancy myself uh, to be, like you said, an organizer, a facilitator. Um, you know, I try to take the role of a leader it's something i'm learning how to do better and grow into but i've even pre um you know pre-quarantine i've always had a fascination um and a desire for organizing shows uh back in the old 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 days uh when black forge coffee first got out of the ground shout out black forge what up nick and ashley uh, they gave me a space to put on a monthly variety show. And these things were massive marathon shows of like four hours. So I'd be getting two dozen acts to fill that. This is way more casual, way more low key, less stress on everyone. It's six acts a week, every Wednesday at eight on Instagram live. It's a really easy platform to use. Um, and it's incredibly interactive. So it's a lot of fun. And performers have now started reaching out to me uh, to hop on, which is excellent. Um, and not so much for the gatekeeping aspects, uh, which are always so prevalent in Pittsburgh. But it's nice to see that two things, um, that people do need an outlet for performance and for art and to get their voice heard. Uh, and two... Um, that they are allowing themselves that space, that they're finally, for the initial shock of this news, of, of dealing with quarantine and dealing with virus and sort of the pending danger of all of it, that artists and creatives are, again, sort of turning to putting themselves first. Because I think for a lot of artists, self-care is creating. And I think it's important that they have that outlet and that engagement. So what kind of acts do you have on these live streams? Is it a variety of different types of performers? I, I Absolutely. It might be with you. I know you have a, a history of bringing in different types of performers and different yeah. styles and, and getting them on the same stage. Yeah, absolutely. And that's no different here. Uh, the stuff I've seen that works the best are um, for comedians, for example, uh, they have adapted and, and brought in more like sketch routines or characters and that always kills like i've seen some really outlandish stuff uh and it makes a lot of sense because it's stuff that wouldn't be portable to a mic necessarily like things that involve props or costumes and stuff like that um musicians uh seem to be finding inspiration everywhere uh you know with this uh with 
the current situation um, and they're writing new songs, uh, just breakneck pace. Uh, and that's a lot of fun to see people bringing new ideas to this. Um, but everyone's welcome. I've been working on uh, broadening to include, uh, you know, storytellers, spoken word artists, uh, um, visual artists uh, who are branching out into some live art. Um, I was just talking to someone today uh, who is trying to create some live visual art in response to all this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there is no, there is no boundaries here. And being that it's in the comfort of people's own homes, I think that there are people who feel more encouraged to participate now so it's it's really exciting and i will take uh 10 seconds to say if anyone's watching this who feels so uh inclined feel free to reach out brian i know that's your job but i you know we can't say enough that i think just having a standing outlet for people to create and produce is where do people reach out if they want to reach out to you and they want to get involved in this project uh instagram is fine uh Facebook is fine. I'm, what are those contacts? At Ian Insect? Everywhere is at Ian Insect. On Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, no TikTok yet, uh, but forthcoming. TikTok? I don't even understand what TikTok is. It just seems so... I'm way, always way behind when it comes to social media. TikTok is uh, Vine Jr. Um, it's a platform where you record short-form videos that are editable within the program itself. So it's just a much broader uh, platform and a much uh, uh, um, lower like point of access, an easier point of access for people who don't have uh, editing suites or any kind of software uh, on their phone, which is pretty much anyone. <laughs> but it's, it's mobile only and it has in-app uh, software. So I've seen some very elaborate stuff. It's a lot of fun. I adore watching TikTok. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. And one thing that you should check out is one of these great museums that are an affiliate of PGH Museums. We're going to hear from one of them. And then we'll be right back with COVID Conversations with Ian Insect. I'm Brian Crawford, pghmuseums.org. Get to know Salzburg on a personal level at the Rebecca B. Haddon Stonehouse Museum. Operated by the Salzburg Area Historical Society, the Stonehouse displays, collects, and preserves a variety of items that bring the history of Salzburg to life. Its expanded edition makes room for medical supplies, industry innovations in kerosene and salt springs, and much more. To learn more about the expansion, we spoke to local Salzburg historian and engineer Jack McGuire. We have two additions at the back of the original stone house. The original structure was built in 1830. And in, I believe it was in the 1970s, we built the first edition. And I, I just tried to keep in mind the old structure, not have anything that looks too contrasting to it that. It's just a one-story addition that we put on the back, not two-story like the original structure. Immerse yourself in Salzburg culture and learn how this now small town on the edge of Indiana County has had such a major impact on this region. Find out more at RebeccaBHaddonSHM.com. 
Right, we're back with Ian Insect, and you guys, you've decided to go the Instagram route. I'm just curious, what made you choose Instagram versus Facebook Live or Periscope or one of the other options? I mean, I can understand with Periscope, because I feel like Twitter in general is, is more of like a national audience, and you're bringing in a lot of local musicians. But Facebook does great with local. Um, so why did you choose the Instagram route? What was your, what was your thought process in, in making that decision? Good question. Uh, they are a... Uh they're a sponsor, uh, you know, um, paying me thousands of dollars a week to just uh, use it. No, um, you're cashing in. <laughs> uh, Instagram was just the easiest. I already had an account, and I already had a following, a modest following, uh, on Instagram, um, which is bigger than my Twitter follow, um, and also functionally, it's a little more back and forth than something like Facebook Watch, or is that what it's called, Facebook Live? Facebook Live. And I mean, even though Facebook and Instagram are basically, you know, merging into the same beast, Facebook, you can still just broadcast out and people can react and respond. But for switching between a host and then one, two, three, four, five, six performers in a smooth succession, Instagram... Uh, was very helpful. And then the display of Instagram, it splits it uh, sort of like we are right now, uh, just a two-person Zoom where you're on the top, I'm on the bottom here. Um, but I find that Zoom uh, or Skype get very cluttered the more people you have. And then if you have people who are just watching and people who are performing, you know, the host has to then manage, uh, you know, muting, unmuting, cameras and everything. Instagram is a super simplified format. It's certainly not ideal, but I think for mobile, uh, it works. And it definitely, um, like I said before the break, um, it sort of puts artists into a position where they have to be creative um, because it really is on the go. And I've seen uh, some really... Uh, really excellent uh, adaptation to that platform. What artist do you think is really taking to it the best? What what has impressed you from what so far? Uh, the most fun uh, performances I've seen, the ones I've enjoyed the most, uh, I saw local comedian Kelpie, shout out mm -hmm. Kelpie, who did a live painting uh, session based on suggestions Reason uh, Local MC did a really great uh, track a few weeks back. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like if, if there are people's names I don't say, they will be slighted. So let me just say blanket statement. I've been really pleased with the quality of work that people are producing for this show because it's just a tiny little show, you know, for, you know, local basically local artists and people really are bringing it and i think that there's something to be said for producing in the comfort of your own home uh that that gives it a different vibe than just uh than being out at a mic you know the home advantage is is not to be sneezed at crying well it is allergy season so i i'm well, gonna May I recommend a nice cup of tea to help deal with that? <laughs> so have you had a good response from like the audience or people like getting into these live stream uh, 
collaborations. Yeah, the audiences are by and far the best, the absolute best part of uh, doing the Instagram um, live because their comments keep floating up, you know, in the in the feed, and it it's really good natured. Uh, a lot of times I've seen. Um, Coming from the world of comedy, especially, you see uh, instances where, like, uh, hecklers, even if they mean well or are trying to be part of the show, they will, you know, go south pretty quick. And they're, they're dealt with in short order, usually, um, you know, varying levels of success. Anyway, it's definitely the opposite with audience uh, participation. Um, they're very supportive. Um, and we've had a lot of... Uh, return audience. Um, it's it's a nice echo of the community that's been built locally. It's a lot of people who would be coming out of the mix anyway to check each other out. Um, and they're just doing it fine. Very cool. So what is, you personally, as an artist, what are you doing to try to get through this? Uh, are you creating more um, has it inspired you in any way? Has it provided you with any kind of challenges? I know when, when this entire thing first started, I was kind of like mopey and down and it took me some time before I got energized and motivated. Uh, the ways I've coped, um, as an artist, uh, and as a person too, uh, those two aren't really like separable things. Um, definitely... Uh, I started uh, therapy before the quarantine started, so that's been pretty helpful. Um, but I think the the really interesting thing is that uh, my concerns and my worries, my general anxiety, uh, hasn't changed a lot. I feel like the world has sort of like skewed closer to my baseline panic. You know, I'm a high anxiety person anyway, so I don't... I don't wish it on anyone, but I definitely feel a little more seen on the day to day. So, um, you know, I don't need to, there's not that much I need to cope with. It was an easy shift. Um, and it's actually helped me focus a lot better. The, the big thing that works for me is making a plan every day, uh, the night before writing down what I'm going to do. And it doesn't have to be super rigorous. It doesn't have to be, um, any kind of, you know, uh, timetable or anything, but just, just a few things to get done. Uh, like you saw, um, I've been doing like the t-shirts. Uh, that's one fun outlet. Um, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Thank you very much. And, uh, I just saw today our donation to the greater Pittsburgh community food bank went through. So that's, Fantastic. And that's the other big thing, like you sort of alluded to before. Just, just to verify, for, just to clear everything up for people so they, they know what we're talking about. They are sure oh, sure. Say, uh, please no pugs. That, that's, is that what it says? I have it. it I got the one that says mm -hmm. no pugs. And then there's the other one that says, uh, what's the other one? It's, it's still no hugs or something like that? Yeah. yeah. So before the, before the quarantine started, I had had this very cute idea to do a T-shirt that said no hugs, please. Because I'm not a big hugger in general. Um, 
And, you know, when you're at a lot of community events with other artists, they're generally very emotionally open people who will hug each other and stuff. So I thought a cute and like uh, tame way to, to pardon myself from that behavior uh, without too much social awkwardness was to put it on a shirt. I never got around to it. But then I saw the opportunity when uh, the quarantine started to um, follow through with this shirt. So, you know, it's relevant. It's cute. It's, you know, it helps promote social distancing. No hugs, please. And then my uh, slightly, <laughs> slightly snarky twist on it was to do a second T-shirt for after quarantine that says, still, no hugs. Thanks. Um and, uh, you know, it, it's been a modest hit. Um, and that's, that's nice. It's encouraging. Uh, it's, yeah, it's fun. Those are the kinds of projects. Uh, that's a great example, actually. It's a project that had been in the back of my head for months. But it took being inside and having to sit and focus and see a thing through um, for, you know... Uh, that's yeah that's the whole sentence <laughs> it took it took uh being quarantined and having to sit and focus to actually see a thing through to completion yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things i think i'm taking care of myself that maybe i've put off or, or whatever because i've had a little bit of extra time and, and now that i've started doing these conversations i've successfully gobbled up all of the free time that I had acquired uh, during the shutdown. So yeah, there are ways to keep yourself busy. There are ways to keep yourself motivated. If you had one piece of advice for everybody out there, the listening audience on, on something that can make this maybe a little bit more bearable for them, what would that be? Uh, look outside yourself. Uh, I've really tried to take advantage of this as an opportunity to uh, increase my empathy and my compassion and just be a little more human about things and realize how good I have it, uh, which is very um, roof over my head and all that. Um, and, and you don't have to be like a, a superhero. You don't have to be volunteer of the year anywhere. But I think just reaching out, being patient with people, lending an ear, uh, uh, checking up on people you can, and also being kind to yourself and making room for yourself. I will say it is easy to think that because we are at home alone, left to our own devices, that of course we're giving ourselves time or of course we're making space for ourselves but i think that this has been so stressful and such a change for all of us that it's easy to lose sight of self-care and just making time to treat yourself right or just treat yourself pgh museums is made possible through our affiliates such as the punxsutawney weather discovery center the punxsutawney weather discovery center is an interactive science center devoted to weather and weather folklore located in a century-old former post office in a town who's known for its weather-predicting groundhog. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center lets you become a tornado, make a thunderstorm, or even be a TV weather forecaster. We met up with the center's executive director, Marlene Leelock, to see if she's ever been caught 
playing with the green screen. <laughs> yes, don't tell my board, but uh, yes, we play with the green screen all the time. It's fun. It's uh, If you've never been in front of one of them, uh, you can pretend that you're doing the weather. Uh, you can also take one of the green capes that we have and make your body disappear. So, you know, there's all kinds of fun things that you can do with it. Has she ever forged a weather forecast and predicted a catastrophe? I can't say that I've done that, but that gives me some food for thought. <laughs> you can create your own weather apocalypse forecast and learn everything the center has to offer at the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. Discover more at weatherdiscovery.org. Thank you for listening to COVID Conversations, a special series for PGH Museums, produced and edited by me, Brian Crawford. Support PGH Museums by joining our membership program at pghmuseums.org slash join. Our music is Energy 2013 by Sasha Endy and can be found at filmmusic.io and licensed under the Creative Commons. Let us know how you're keeping your spark in these trying times. Email me at brian at pghmuseums.org. Stay safe, keep your distance, and keep creating.